Hi, everybody. Welcome to Busy Living So Bar. Busy Living So Bar. Busy Living So Bar. Episode 170. What is up, JF? What's up with you? What are we doing here? We're doing something so new because, let's face it, we've been locked in the house with kids and for a pandemic for two months. And the kids have said to me, mom, 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 you need to have a YouTube channel. And I'm like, well, I kind of have a YouTube channel channel because I used to do mocktails all the time. Remember when you recorded me doing mocktails? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I used to do mocktails and now I'm going to do this Zoom call. It's going to be my Zoom podcast. So not only are we recording this and this is going to be on iTunes and Spotify and the website, but also we are going to have a video of it. So it's kind of fun. Wow. Very neat. So it's a video podcast. It's a video podcast, which is something new and different. I don't know what the heck you call it. I'm, you know, I'm, I never want anybody to think that I'm like not 51 because I am 51. And so I am technically challenged, even though I feel like I'm doing a pretty good job. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just like, I'm learning as I go. And if this works and more people can hear a message, then that's all that matters, right? That's right. Got it. So what's on your mind today? So, well, for one, I want to say busy living sober is about changing the stigma associated with addiction. If nobody knew that. So that is what it's all about. It's about getting busy living sober. And so I want to tell you, well, since you said that, why don't you tell us, tell us what is the stigma attached with addiction? Well, I know for me, it, the whole stigma was like, oh my God, I don't want anybody to know I'm an alcoholic because an alcoholic is somebody who hangs out underneath a, you know, a bypass or walks down the street with a bottle in the bag, is a degenerate, is the scum of the earth. That's the shame that I felt like came from, out, that an alcoholic was. So that- so you were ashamed. I was ashamed. Mm -hmm. I was really ashamed. I was gotcha. really ashamed. It was like the hardest thing I have to say I've ever done. And I say that all the time. And I don't want to sound like a, you know, for the people that listen, I don't want to sound like a broken record with saying the same thing over and over again. But I was like more scared. I was more scared. I don't even know if that's proper English, but I was more scared to come and admit that I was an alcoholic than I was to get married, buy a house, have a baby, buy cars. Like that was the worst thing to give up the gig of who I really was. That was the scariest thing of all. It was like, I do not want to admit I'm an alcoholic because God forbid nobody's going to like me. Mm -hmm. And what happened? And what happened was, is that, you know, I got a freedom that I never, ever, 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 ever thought I would ever have from admitting, you know, I remember going to that first meeting and it was almost 14 years ago, um, God willing. And I went and I was like, oh my God, this is going, this raising my hand, I went to a 12 step group that a lot of people know I do go to. And, um, I went to a 12 step group and I raised my hand and I said, I'm an alcoholic and I asked for help. And when I did that, not, it wasn't instantaneous, but it was pretty instantaneous that I finally was like, oh my God, I'm here with people that get me and I get to be me. You know, I'd spent my life being a chameleon. If you wanted me to be this, I'd be that. If you wanted me to be that, I'd be that. I was always, um, I never was exactly who I wanted to really be. It was always what everybody else wanted me to be. Mm -hmm. Because I thought that if I became like you, then you would like me. 
because that's what it's all about, right? I want everybody to like me. I want everybody to be my friend. I want everybody to think I'm the cat's meow when I didn't think I was the cat's meow at all, right? I didn't think I was cat's meow. I thought I was the biggest loser in the world. Mm -hmm. Interesting. It's funny. I was at a 12-step meeting at lunch today, and we were just talking along the exact same lines. Really? Do share. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? It's ironic. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. God wink, as I say. I'm weak. Well, it's funny because, you, you know, you say uh, you went to that first meeting and you felt like you were with people that got you. And, uh, and, and I felt the same way, but for a different reason, because I, I couldn't understand why I kept, like, I couldn't understand why everybody in my life, like, was mad at me all the time. And, uh, you know, I, and I couldn't understand why they, they were so upset when I was just, like, doing what I thought was, like, you know, like, was my answer, right? Right. I, that was all that I had. Um, and I just couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. And I couldn't figure out why I was mad at me all the time. And I couldn't figure out why I was disappointed in me all the time. And I couldn't figure out why, um, you know, I was, just didn't like myself. Um, until I got in this room and I met a lot of people that got me, you know? And, and it turned out that, um, you know, what they told me was, because I really didn't know, honestly, was they told me that uh, I'm an alcoholic. And uh, when you're an alcoholic, this is what happens. And, uh, you know, eventually that made total sense to me. Like, I got it. But I was, I was, I had a problem. I was an alcoholic. I was drinking alcoholically. And it was causing a lot of difficulty in my life. But that realization, that was the thing for me that set me free. Because I was always trying to figure out what I could do to change my life so that people wouldn't be angry with me. They wouldn't be disappointed in me. Um, they wouldn't be embarrassed to be around me. And that, more importantly, that I wouldn't be angry with me and I wouldn't be disappointed with me. And uh, I wouldn't be embarrassed about myself. And, uh, and this group had the answer. The answer was, just don't drink anymore. Um, and that was it. It was that simple. Um, so once I understood that, um, my life really turned around in all ways. Um, but the, the thing that was most important was not what everybody else felt or thought, um, but it was what I felt about me and what I thought about me. And I think that's a big part of your message that you try to bring across, you know, in Busy Living Sober, um, was that I was able to, uh, like, gain an understanding of myself that I never had before and find um, a little bit of... Um, compassion and a little bit of forgiveness for myself. Um, and I haven't had to repeat those mistakes for 20 some years just because I don't drink a day at a time. That's all I had to do, you know, and it was, it was so frustrating because I was looking for that answer for so long. Um, but you know, the truth is like not drinking was not the answer I was looking for at all. Um, because I thought drinking was my, I thought that was my answer to all my problems. It was just something else, you know? So they always say that, um, you know, like your perspective is skewed. And uh, so that's the way I felt like I, when I came in, somebody grabbed my head metaphorically and just turned it like that. And I was like, Oh, I can see now. I get it. I understand. Um, 
So I could really relate to, to that part of what you were telling. It's interesting how you said that. You're like, I, they tilted my head a different way and I could see things and I had a new perspective, right? Hmm? Some people, there's, book, there's a book called like A New Set of Glasses. And um, it is a new set of glasses. It is Memorial Day weekend. We are in the middle of a pandemic. I'm wearing an American flag shirt just so all of the people out there could see that I'm being patriotic. Um, and we're in the middle of a pandemic and it's like, it's the ability to change my perspective, like you just said, like taking my head and going, or going, like whichever way you take it, right? Your perspective is all that really matters, right? And I couldn't get, I couldn't even have a perspective where I was before drinking because when you're drinking, all, all I thought about is where am I going to get it? How much is there? Can I get more? Where is there going to be enough? And um, it was debilitating in a lot of ways, right? So I was in my own private hell, my own private prison. I didn't think about it when I was drinking, but now looking back, which because I, I believe that we, I learn more in hindsight than I do when I'm in it. But when I was in it, it was, that's all I really thought about. When was the next party? God forbid I have a feeling. God forbid I be me. So now here we are. Um, it's the biggest, it's supposedly the big, one of the biggest weekends of the year, right? Because it's like the year, it's the weekend that marks the start of the summer and everybody normally goes out and parties and does all that. And, and I think more than half the country bars aren't even open right now, are they? And people are still in quarantine. People are staying home. And I'm sure some people are sitting at home right now going, oh my gosh, I don't want to have another drink. This is really hard. And you know, changing my perspective and going, oh my gosh, how can I do this a little differently today? How can I do this Memorial Day a little differently than I've done it before? That's where the key comes, right? How can I do it a little differently? How can I change my perspective? So how did I change my perspective of thinking every alcoholic that I met was somebody who was a degenerate, who had no morals, was the biggest loser in the whole world? Well, the longer that I've stayed sober and the more people that I've met, it's quite the contrary. Um, alcoholics are not the drudge of society. Alcoholics are actually brilliant, brilliant, brilliant people. Um, alcoholics have humongous hearts and humongous passion and so much love to give. And that's what really matters today, doesn't it? It's like, that's what matters. And so I could change my perspective into, instead of being like, oh my gosh, they're all bad into being like, oh my gosh, they're actually all good. Mm -hmm. They're all loving, they're kind. But if I give myself the chance, because I think a lot of us come into certain situations, whether it be a party, um, a function for work, um, a sporting event, wherever it may be, you go, you show up and how do you go and you go and you don't look for similarities. You look for differences. How am I different than that person? How am I different than that person? Oh, I don't want to be like that person. And we're judging them all by this exterior thing that we walk around with, which is called the body and our skin and our hair and all the rest of it. But the reality is it's what's, it's about what's inside of here that really matters. Yes, I like that. And yeah. I, I think that um, like my own belief is that I, I could be with any human being on this planet, any of the 8 billion people and find something in common with that person, even if it's just our humanness. You know, it just depends on what I want to look for.
It is. And so many people would rather, because they're hurting, right? So during this time of when you're first deciding that you may have a problem with alcohol, let's just say you may have a problem with alcohol, or you've known for years that you have a problem with alcohol and you're still feeling, eh, you're like, eh, which I've felt numerous times. In fact, I felt really eh, the other day. And um, <laughs> what does that mean exactly? That eh, you're like, nothing's bad. I can't point to anything in my life that's really that bad. Yeah, we're going through a pandemic, but so is everybody else. And I have food in my refrigerator and I'm okay right now. I'm okay for the moment. It's always in the moments that I'm the best. But when I go to the future or I go to the past, I become not well, right? I become irritable, restless, and discontent, which is not fun, right? It's not fun to be irritable, restless, and discontent. But if I can identify, but when I'm in those feelings of eh, and I know that I'm irritable, restless, and discontent, what am I going to do to change it? I guess you have to want to change it first, right? Well, exactly, because nobody wants to go to a pity party. I mean, we think that people do, but they really don't. Like when you call someone and you're like, well, this is wrong, and that is wrong, and this is wrong, and that is wrong. The person that's on the other line is always like, uh, you know what? I got to go. The cat needs to be left or whatever, you know? The kids need me. And sometimes you know, well, they don't have any kids. And you're like, they don't need me or my dog, and you don't even have a dog. But the reality is, it's like nobody wants to hear about another. We all want to raise each other up. We want mm -hmm. to love each other, but we want to also help get into action, which changes that perspective, right? Which changes the eh to be right. different. The uh can, the eh can be something different. And so for me, and then I'm going to talk about what you do, but for mm -hmm. me, when I'm feeling eh, I pick up the phone and I call someone and I say, this is how I'm feeling. Is this normal? And the person I can tell you when, I'm just going to give you an exact example. I called a friend last week. I was feeling eh, and it was actually a week ago, I think today. And I was feeling eh, and I was jammed up. And there was no reason why. There, everything was fine. I mean, I even showed him a picture of what I was looking at out the window. And he's like, oh my God, really? Why are you feeling eh? Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't know, but I am. And he said, you know what? I am too. I get it. I feel that way too. That just that one sentence of saying, I get it. I feel that way too. Helped me feel better. It made me feel better. I didn't feel so alone. I didn't feel like, oh my God, I'm crazy. I'm the only one that feels like this. It felt like I just shared with somebody what's really going on inside of me. And I now told him he knows and he feels the same way. So I'm justified. I'm, I get a chance to feel okay. And that's what it's life is all about is wanting to feel just like, okay. And feel mm -hmm. like you're included and that you're part of. So what about you? What do you do when you feel, if you ever do feel, eh, which I don't even know if you ever do. I like to, um, I like to do something when I feel that way. I like to do something physical. You know, and it doesn't matter what it is. Could be um, going for a walk. You know, could be exercising. Could be picking leaves out of the pool. Could be sanding a board. Doesn't matter what it is. I just I like to do something physical um, because that gets me in the place where when I'm doing something like that, I stop thinking about all the external stuff and uh, I just get into myself and 
<clears throat> and it, it, it always enables me to, to just go to uh, gratitude because usually, you know, when I'm feeling like that, it's, it's because I'm not, I'm, I've lost gratitude about something, you know, mm-hmm. it's always because something's not going my way. Somebody or something is not doing what they're supposed to do and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, and I just need to get back to that place that you talked about is that, um, you know, gratitude is, you know, when I, if I'm willing to stop for just a half a second and think about my life and think about the other 8 billion people that I talk about on the planet, you know, my life is so much easier and I'm so blessed compared to just about everybody. And I, but I lose sight of that so fast, right? You know, I really do. And, uh, and that's where I need to be, you know, um, I need to be downsized, right? So grat- can't have gratitude without humility. So some, somehow, some way, that works for me to, to downsize me, to get me back to where I am <clears throat> and to just be appreciative for, uh, you know, everything that I have. And, and the truth is like, you know, something else we were talking about today was, um, <clears throat> this all came about because we were talking about happiness and how does one become happy? You know, so there's the, the old saying, well, you know, Abe Lincoln said, he's, he's credited with it anyways, uh, people are about as happy as they want to be. Um, and that's true. Um, but we talked about it and, you know, and, and we went all the way back to like active addiction and, you know, where you thought at that time that the thing that was going to make you happy was the drink of the drug, whatever it was. Right. That's the only thing that was going to make you happy. But in a broader sense, what it always is, is something outside of me is going to make me happy. That's the thought. If I get this, if I take that, if I smoke this, if I eat that, I'll be happy. Um, But it's totally not the case. Now, when you're in, if you're in active addiction, it's even worse because not only, like I said, is everybody and everything disappointed and angry with you all the time, but you are the same way with yourself. So how can you be happy if you don't like yourself? So you need to, you know, I needed to anyway, I needed to get away from the substance for a while. And I did, I really had to, um, to, to give myself up to this thing that these people at these meetings said was, which was, let us love you until you learn how to love yourself. And I, I didn't know what that meant. And it sounded like new age BS, you know, but it was so true. You know, I had to let these people carry me until I got to a point where I was okay with myself again. And, and, you know, how that worked or how it seemed to work was that, you know, I started uh, doing things in my life that I wasn't disappointed in. I started doing things in my life that I was proud of. I started doing things in my life that I knew I should be doing. Um, and I didn't do as many things that I knew I shouldn't be doing. And I just got better with myself. So I was able to, to find some happiness, you know, which is pretty much the case now, you know, it's, um, it's, uh, if anybody asks me, I'll say, you know, I'm generally happy. Now I'm not a giddy person, you know, that, but I'm generally happy. And to me, like true happiness is in contentedness. 
and contentedness is for me is very 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 important you know and and we just talked about restless irritable and discontent right so i'm content most of the time i'm content and that what does that mean that means most of the time i'm happy with everything that i have i'm not unhappy with everything that i don't have i'm happy with who i am and i'm happy with who i'm with you know that makes me content and when i'm content that's for me that is the perfect place to be i can't be any i can't be any happier than that you know i'm not under the influence of anything you know i'm not under the influence of any kind of emotions or any kind of um you know wild whatever it is i'm just content and i'm happy and you know that can look like me sitting around like I am right now, being a content person. Well, I think there's certain things that we do that, that, that help us get to contentedness. And um, I love that you brought up Abe Lincoln because it's true. Abe Lincoln, I don't know if you knew, know this, but Abe Lincoln was very depressed in his life prior to becoming the president of the United States. And at 30, he wanted to kill himself. And this is national. Um, did you know that this is Na Mental Health Awareness Month? And we're at the end of it right now. So I wanted to, because you brought him up and I'm doing, I've been studying him a little bit. And hey, tell what? Tell us more. So what I want to say is that I learned from, from Abe Lincoln wanted to kill himself at 31 and he had a friend that, but then he said, but you know what? The only reason I don't want to kill myself is that if I die right now, I'm leaving no evidence that I was here. I haven't done anything. No one's going to ever know that I was here. And that's been something that's big in my life. Like I've always wanted to have something that I can leave to my kids. And we know I need a point and I paint and I do all those things. So those are things that I want to actually impact I want to leave to my kids, but I also would like to leave the ability to people. I want people to know that getting sober as scary as it is and as frightening as it is, it is possible and you can do it. And you might not want to go to 12 step meetings for whatever reason you might not want to go. I do go, you do go. I know that because you're my husband. I'm going to talk about that. But if you don't want to go, that's okay. It makes it, I think it makes it easier if you have somebody around you, but whatever your, but your life gets that much better. If you get in, if you find somebody that can relate to you and that can love you unconditionally. And that's a huge thing because so many people in the world have preconceived notions, right? They believe they see this and that's the outcome. Nobody really teaches you when you're younger to have compassion, to have love, have empathy. Those are all things I'm learning as a 51-year-old woman, right? Like I'm learning all the time. How do I be empathetic? How am I empathetic towards somebody else rather than judgmental? And that's a gift that I didn't learn when I was drinking and drugging. I didn't learn that. I just like keep moving. Give me another drink. I don't even want to feel at all. I don't even know what empathy means or what any of those feelings mean. I've heard them in the dictionary and I've read about the words, but I don't really know what that feels like to me. So the longer I've stayed sober, the more I've been able to do that. And Abe Lincoln, you know, he, despite being as depressed as he was, he got the encouragement and the tenacity to actually go out there and say, you know what? I want I'm gonna, you know, run for office. He had to take some time. And and the other thing that I've been studying, um, I don't know if you know this, but Theodore Roosevelt was a very big proponent in taking, an, every day he took a two hour walk. 
because he needed to step down from his place of being the president and be a human, right? Barack Obama sat down and had dinner with his family every week. We all need some form of that we're just going to sit down and relax and take it easy and regroup. And whatever that is for the people that are out there and listening, it's making sure you take care of yourself. That's one of the things we have to do to take care of ourselves. But this is all think, gifts that we get once we're sober, once we're not driven by, the, by alcohol. Once that isn't our God and we make something else our God, for me, it's the Lord Jesus Christ and that's for me what God is. But for some people, it's something different. Whatever it is, I can't judge that person for it. But having a higher power, being like, okay, I want to do this. I want to stay sober today in just this span since I woke up. So I woke up at like seven. I've, um, I've been up all day. So what have I done today that has made me a sober woman? Okay. For one, I got up, I did, I, I attended a Zoom meeting. Um, that was important to me. So I did that. And then after that, I had some breakfast. Then I did a little exercise. I caught up with some of my girlfriends. I watched, I'm doing this masterpiece, the um, masterclass. And so I listened to that for a little bit. And um, I've been dilly-daddling. That's my day. And it's, it's Memorial Day. And I haven't thought once, oh my God, I really didn't even think once until we sat down to do this podcast. Did I think, oh my God, I really missed that I didn't get really messed up this weekend. I did not miss that once. Did you? I did not miss it at once. I didn't think one time, oh my God, I really wish that I had gone out and gotten shit-faced with my friends. Because whenever I, I, I never got shit-faced and it was pretty, I can tell you that. So mm -hmm. I, I didn't miss any of it. Did you? No, 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 not at all. I don't really don't think I have any friends that I could like get together with and get shit faced with any longer. I bet you could find one. Well, I could go, I could go make some new ones real quickly if I wanted to, but you know what I'm saying? Right. right. But they would always fall under the friends group. They're my friends. We're going to sit around and we talked, I talked about this this, this morning. You know, how many things you used to talk about prior to today, like you'd sit on a bar stool, at least I would, and I'd be like, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I can't wait. I'm going to go do this, and I'm going to do that. And the next Friday night, I was sitting there doing the same exact thing with the same exact people, and nothing mm -hmm. was changing. Mm -hmm. I was just getting older. Mm -hmm. Not attractive. Mm -hmm. I and, hear you. Right? And so today, there isn't, um, you can't go to the bar. So you got to sit in your own skin. You got to feel these emotions. I think it's really important to reach out. I have to tell you, I have been, um, I, you know, I, we, I took a week off of the podcast, which I never really do. Cause I've been on, can you believe I've been doing this for three years? It's kind of crazy. Yes, I can. You can. I can believe it. Yes. Yeah. And, um, I don't get any money. I don't make any money doing this. So anybody who's out there, I do this all by just, you know, I just do it as my accountant says, it's my hobby. So here I am doing my hobby. And when I get a call, like I did a week ago, I got an email. Actually, I got a Facebook message from somebody who, who's actually, he's coming on in a couple of weeks now, but, um, I got a Facebook message that this podcast changed him. And do you know what it changed the most about him? He could love himself. Something he heard clicked and it was like, oh my gosh, I want to love myself today. I don't want to pick up a drug today. I want to be in love with myself today. And that's one of the hardest parts. 
of being in recovery is falling in love with ourselves because we don't learn in school how to fall in love with ourselves and to love ourselves and to trust ourselves and listen to our intuition, which I call my soul. It's telling me what's right, what's wrong. I know that intuitively and it's being able to listen to that and being able to look in the mirror and like what's looking back at you, which is the biggest gift of all. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I really think that's a really based on uh, action. You know, it's really based on uh, the right act, taking right action is what I need to say. For me, taking right action will lead me to the path of, of, you know, learning to love myself. And being joyous and free and serene, hopefully. So I want, we're coming to the closing, you know, we've got about a minute left. Not even. Oh my gosh, it went so fast. I know, isn't it crazy? Um, I'm so want- used to video that so you're saying these chats like sitting side by side on the couch now we have to be on different floors of our house so we don't get echo well maybe we'll just do it we're going to maybe figure out something else we could also do it we'll figure out another thing but we're just testing this out everybody that's out there we're all just trying new things so you're along the ride with me that's right you're falling right excuse me are you spitballing I'm spitballing again. I'm spitballing. That's what JF says. I'm spitballing. So um, you're along the ride with me while I make these different changes and different. It's it's an exciting ride. And um, it's been a gift to be able to do this podcast and to help people. And some people I'll never meet in my entire life, I bet, that have heard this. But if I just, if we help one person today, that's it. That's all I want to do is help one person. So this is our first podcast that we are at. I think it's actually the second one because I did see one on you on YouTube that I don't know when we did that but anyway it's up there but this is the first official one where we're actually going to be now on YouTube we're going to be on iTunes we're going to be on Spotify and always on busylivingsober.com so if you're feeling alone please reach out right Jeff tell them to reach out because you know me I always write back I always write back uh, that's a very nice paper to write back on now. Now I have really nice paper to write back on. If you want to write me a letter, you can do that too. But most people want to just email me today in today's mm-hmm. world. I don't know if, but if mm-hmm. you can write me a letter, I guess you could. But go to Busy Living, reach out. Do not be alone. And know that, you know, you can do this one day at a time, but it's only about one day at a time. It's not in the future and it's not in the past. It's, look at me doing this. It's not in the future. It's not up there. It's not back there. It's right here, right now. That's where, that's where it's at. Right here. This is where God is. Right here, right now. And this is how we can be busy living sober. So until not, and it's not next week anymore because we have a guest coming on this week. It is, um, it's till next time. I can't say till next, till week. next time. I like that. Till next time. So Thursday, Thursday, we'll have another one up here. So you know, it's all exciting. It's all happening the way God wants it to happen, not the way busy wants it to happen. So with that, until next week, keep getting busy living sober. You're not going to say it. Keep Bye. getting busy. I want you to say it. Keep getting busy living sober. Bye. Bye.